0: Almighty God, we thank and praise you for finding us and for bringing us to be with you, with one another. We pray that your heart for the lost, that your love for all would be present and seen in us and the way we live together. Make us your children today, that we may live as your family lives. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you like puzzles? Who likes puzzles? What kind of puzzles do you like? What, when I say puzzles, what are you thinking of? Are you thinking of like jigsaw puzzles put together with the pictures and stuff? What about like, yeah, word puzzles, right? You like word puzzles like crosswords or word searches or all of the above? All of the above. Which, what's that? Word stacks. Word stacks. Yeah, all of those things. Figure it out, right? And and uh, uh, anybody do Sudoku? Uh, look at all the hands in the air. That's amazing, right? And so there's 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 something about puzzles that attracts us, right? Um, that 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 compels us. And how many of you like? Um, now t- tell the truth here. Um, Most of these types of puzzles come in in levels. Easy, medium, and hard. Right? Which ones are your favorite? Easy? (laughs) All right, I get it. As as you start out, you want to see success. I'm getting it. How many of you like mediums? How many of you like hard ones? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As as you grow... uh, with uh, puzzles that you do them more and more often, right? Uh, what tends to happen is that there's one that will give you trouble. Maybe it, it, if the easy ones don't give you any trouble, I bet you you're not loving those. Am I right about that? When you, I mean, there is some success in feeling good about. Boy, I just breezed through that. That was pretty cool. But. But I, don't, I find, at least in my own life, that I don't rejoice as much. I, that word rejoice shows up for us today in the Gospels. And I find that I don't really rejoice about things that were really easy. I tend to rejoice about things that were a little tough. That were a little challenging. I had to work a bit at this, right? When Ken and I were working on the car and the first two things that we tried didn't work and the third thing that we tried uh, still didn't work and then finally when we found the thing that worked, right? Did we rejoice? You did. I did. <laughs> That's right, I rejoiced. <laughs> and I said rejoice with me because this is good news. Uh, there's, there's something about a challenge that pushes us to, to love it even more and to rejoice and to want to celebrate when we get through that. That's why I think some of you like the hard ones the most. You know that there's, there's, uh, there's so much challenge there, and, there, and you, can t- you can deal with the fact that it might take you a long time to figure it out because you know that when you finally be- get that last piece Of the big thousand-piece puzzle with extra pieces and they're all shaped the same way? Um, (sighs) Crazy. I would never do that, but you, you can go for it. When you get to the end of that, you will rejoice. And we love to rejoice, don't we? That's why we start every worship service with celebrations and concerns. We share those things that are challenging in our life. And we share those places where we have seen God break through and there's good news to share. And that's exciting. It's where we find joy, where we find life. What I find so compelling is that that's the story that Jesus shares with the Pharisees and the scribes in his day and this setting did you catch the setting what the what they said was all of the the tax collectors and the sinners which is code for all the people who don't belong with you that's what that's code for it means all the people you should stay away from they're all hanging out with... He, Jesus is hanging out with all of them. That's what they said. And Jesus heard them complaining about it. He's hanging out with all of these people that he shouldn't have anything to do with. And Jesus tells a story, actually a series of stories, and we get two of them today. And his stories are about what? Absolutely ridiculous stories. Things. Sheep. You have a hundred sheep. Which one of you, which one of you, having a hundred sheep, having not one that is lost, wouldn't leave the other 99 in the wilderness. Did you catch that line in Jesus' story? He didn't say which one of you having 100 sheep wouldn't bring all 99 of your sheep that you still have accounted for into a safe place where you can be confident that there is no possible way for them to wander away and get into trouble and then leave them there so that you can go search for the one that is lost. That's the only way this makes sense, isn't it? And if you know anything about sheep, you know that there is no place where they can't get into trouble, right? (laughs) And if you're not sure about sheep, Jesus wasn't really talking about sheep. (laughs) He was talking about you and I. So, is there any place that Jesus can leave 99 of us and say, you guys just hang out here for a while where we're not going to get into trouble? (laughs) I don't think so. This is a dumb idea, right? Jesus is not telling this story to say there's great wisdom in this is how you should take care of sheep or how you should care for people. What is he getting at? The 99 are not what he's pointing to here. He's pointing to God's heart for the one that is lost. That's what he wants us to see. God has a heart for the one that is lost. In other words, God has a heart for puzzles. God has a heart for figuring out how to get that last piece in place. God has a heart for figuring out how to find that last solution, how to make things click, how to bring that one that never seems to be right to where they will be right. God has a heart for it. He loves it. He loves it more than anything else. That's what Jesus says anyway. He says that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents, that comes back. Then over 99 righteous that never needed to repent. Now, mind you, are there 99 righteous that never need to repent? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, don't miss that part of the story because you'll get confused if you start to think that you're one of the 99 righteous that never need to repent and Jesus has written you off and said you don't matter anymore. That's not the story. The story is what? You are lost, and Jesus will never stop searching for you. Not until he figures it out. Not until he gets you where he needs you. Not until he can hold you in his arms. Not until he can welcome you home. And he tells it not only about 99 sheep and one that's wandering away. He tells it about nine coins and one that gets stuck under the sofa cushions. And the woman turns over her entire house looking for one when she has nine silver coins. These are not pennies. (laughs) This is not about making sure you have enough to buy a gumball. Each of these are valuable. And she's got nine out of ten. That's pretty good. Jesus wants us to see that pretty good is not the way the Father works. Here's the problem. That's, well, first of all, understand what good news that is for you and I. Understand how good that is for people like us, prone to wander, who get lost and stuck in trouble. And Jesus doesn't look at us and say, again? (laughs) I didn't mean to look at anybody in particular there. We're all in this boat together. (laughs) Again? No. Jesus looks at us and says, I'm coming for you again. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to hoist you up on my shoulders. I'm going to find you from wherever you've hidden yourself. I'm not going to let you hide from me because I want to be with you. That is such good news. The only difficulty for us is that as Christians, as Christ's church, Jesus and the gospel and the, the New Testament, Apostles and writers, they said, the church is going to be the body of Christ for the world. Since the body of Christ is now ascended, he said, now you go be the body of Christ. You go be my presence among the people. You go be that that one that shows the world that you will never stop searching. And the problem is, too many of us have stopped. Too many of us have seen someone who we found difficult. We found troubling. Too many of us have seen someone who we just couldn't figure out. You remember uh, remember the movies uh, Ice Age? the Ice Age movies? How many of you have seen the Ice Age movies? All right. So in the Ice Age movies, they all start the same way. They start with a little prehistoric squirrel named Scrat, yes. Scrat, the little prehistoric long-snouted squirrel thing. <laughs> and he uh, he's doing what? He's chasing a an acorn or a nut right so that he can find when he finally gets it what's he want to do he wants to crack it open and enjoy it that's his whole purpose i've got to get this nut so that i can finally have it to enjoy and he goes through everything right he's falling off of cliffs he's getting Drowned and frozen in in uh, freezing water, he's getting blown out of volcanoes. He's he's uh, getting chomped by prehistoric fish and and uh, dinosaurs and all kinds of things. Right? Will anything stop Scrat from pursuing the nut? Who are you? I'm the nut, <laughs> right? But in Christ. We are supposed to also pursue those other nuts in our life. And all too often we have said, that's too hard. This puzzle, I can't crack. The heart of God says, try again, try it another way. Keep searching, keep looking, keep reaching. Keep struggling. That's the challenge of love. The challenge of a love that does not stop. God has that kind of love for each and every one of And we, as his people on earth, are called to show that kind of love to the nuts in our life. May you crack one nut this week with something that speaks of who God is. That they may see it in you, in us. And we, we will